This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the Antichrist of professional wrestling. David Arquette won the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. But Now you're the editor, right? Mankind did it! Jumpy, jumpy, uh, beep, beep! Goldberg steered Russo on the cake! I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Alright, I'll start late. Welcome! Now we're trying to talk through music. No, no. I said I could have been talking the whole time because you weren't recording. Wait, but you were talking to the music through the music, and we couldn't hear you. Well, but you weren't recording. Ellis, <laughs> I want to know. I want to get. I got to ask Jeff a question now before we get started. All right. Why? Actually, I'm not here. Like you're just going to have a conversation. Yeah, with a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Why? Why? Why do I constantly get emails? I, I probably get one. No, one text message a week. Jeff, of Goldilocks putting you over like uh, you, like like you're the second coming, and and and, I, and you know what I write text back to her, Al? Are we are we talking about the same guy? Because the guy I know is like okay, he, he don't walk on. What, what's what's with you and her, bro? That every week I'm I'm getting a text of how wonderful you are. She's very kind. She asks me to make changes for her, and I do. So she's very, very she, do, do you get compensated for those changes? I get my normal. Yeah, hey, see, he's part of my, he's part of my job. He's getting worked by the skirt, Al. Worked by the skirt. <laughs> no, you it's know, my, You know how that goes. You oh, pay me to post, to post well, their shows and do their shows. So anything she needs done with the show or her description, that's my job. Well, that's that's awfully uh, kind of you and very gentlemanly. I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, Al, I listen open up because she's an attractive lady. It's just <laughs> that's just listen, now. Unfortunately, uh, we had to delay this show a uh, a day because Al had to attend a funeral. Yeah, I did. But, yeah. but the rumor on the Internet is yeah. um, it was a trainee uh, that passed away practicing the uh, the, the trust work. Well, there was a lot of, uh, well, this week was a lot of rope work and <laughs> getting into uh, fire work. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what really put the nail in the coffin, so to speak, no pun intended, and it was the uh, weed whacker to the general. <laughs> hey, that Al, really that, I put it over the edge. Al, whatever happened to the good old, remember good old flash paper? Yeah. Whatever, whatever happened to that? When did that become no good no more? Please, the flash paper. Are you? What are you? Are you, are you kidding me? That, <laughs> that's so 1963. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, you you bring up weed whacker. Yes. Is is that where you would like me to begin? Uh, sure. Yeah. Because listen, I just continue to find 
nuggets of just sheer genius of these people out on the internet every week. Okay, so Al, you want me to play this? No, yes, please. This is from the Library of the Great Al Snow. Here we go. Al, you want to comment over it? Uh, sure, I will uh, be happy to try to lead some commentary. Okay. Uh, now, now, what when they sign up for the only accredited school? <laughs> yes. What week? What week is this? Uh, this this starts about week three. Um, you don't want to wait too long to expose them to this because you know there's nowhere to go after that. And uh, you know, once they've learned how to take a weed whacker to the general, what, what more? Can so, you would that be? Would week three be garden tool week? Garden Tool Week, or as I like to call it, Bitches and Hoes. <laughs> Very good, Al. Very I'm nice. About, I'm thinking about writing a book about dogs and gardening and calling them Bitches and Hoes. So. <laughs> uh, here we go, Al. Sent, sent in by Al Snow, yeah, Jeff. Is. How about that? Here we go, Al. For Al. Here we go. Yep. Now he's sizing up his opponent. Look, he's got to start it, okay? Look, luckily, he just changed the spark plug. He's about to apply the weed whacker, not to just the genitals, but the grundle, the underside of the genitals where it's really tender. And, man, look at the pain that's happening in this poor guy's face. Yeah, he's got a mask on, thank God. There's a reason. I would wear a mask like that, too, if I were taking the weed whacker to my genitals. What are they saying? Oh, you, did you hear what they were chanting? Yeah, I think they were saying you sick something. No, I think they were chanting you said F because I think the guy that got the general thing yelled out the F word. And that's what the crowd's chanting. You said F. What a surprise. I would have yelled out the entire thesaurus if I'd have taken a wee wagger to my genitals. Okay, listen, Al, let's go back. Al, when did you and I work together? 1990? Let's just go back to 1996. That's safe. Okay. Yeah. A, a young, much younger Al Snow's backstage. Much, much younger. He's got a, he's got a match with the Godfather. Yep. Uh, you do what you always do as a professional. The two boys get together. Okay, what are we going to do out there? Right. And Godfather's opening line to you is, well, I've got a weed whacker in my locker. Right. So how, go ahead. You take it from there. I'm like, well, holy shit. Go get it. <laughs> there's, there's nowhere to go but up. So does but, anybody does anybody really have out? Do you really understand? Jeff? Do you really have to understand? They have to bring they, they bring the weed whacker to work with yes, them. They drove with it in the trunk of their car. Yes. All premeditated. <laughs> not like it was happening in the moment and they just happened to see a weed whacker sitting in the audience and went, oh, I've got a great idea. Let's do this. Or that it was at the building. No, they consciously made a decision. Just like, you know, we were having the conversation a while back about the guy shooting the other guy with a gun. And it literally like, I've got a great idea. This will be awesome. And it'll be completely safe. No one will get hurt. You know, how, what could go wrong? I just take the weed whacker. They, it's just swinging little plastic strings. And we'll put it right. We'll, and it's a gas powered. So it's got some hort. You know, it's got a little go to it. And we'll stick that right into his grundle. It'll be fine. <laughs> it will be fine. Now, granted, as guys, we get it. You know, women don't get this. We always find another guy getting anything done to their genitals, hilarious. I mean, <laughs> it's like men with farting. We find farts funny. Yeah. Women find it appalling, you know. 
but we think it's hilarious. And, when, uh, when, uh, when, when I fought around my wife, Al, you know what she says to me? Yeah. And I've been married. I, it's going to be 40 years for me. Go in brush your teeth. What's that? Go brush your teeth. No, no. Oh. <laughs> For 40 years, every time I fought around my wife, she says serious at a as a heart attack. Yeah. That is very disrespectful. <laughs> For 40 years, my wife's been telling me that, Al. Well, you know. Maybe she I've, been need- around, I've been around you when you fart, and I got to tell you, <laughs> they are disrespectful. Maybe she needs to take a weed whacker to my ass. Yeah. Uh, the, the way some of yours smell, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Jeff, are we, am I going to this next one now? Yeah, I got a couple of clips that were sent in by our list. Oh, what a surprise. A couple of clips. You and the capitals are evidence of, for global warming. So. <laughs> All right, so you want me to click on this one, Jeff? Yeah, yeah go ahead. You want to set it up first? No, go know. ahead and add it. So this one was sent in by Mark Canales. Now, this is a fan Yeah, that ends up attacking the wrestlers i saw this and I, I didn't quite understand the the circumstance uh, yeah apparently according to the people working there and the wrestlers this is a mentally challenged fan okay wait, so, wait jeff it, the fans i'm assuming is in the black and the white the spider-man shirt okay right. okay right so the wrestler was ringside he attacks the first one the wrestler appears to uh go along with it yeah and that was what was confusing Unless he knows the guy is is challenged and he's a regular. You know what I mean, Al? Well, I I don't think that was the case based on what happens after this. So later on, he goes in and attacks the female wrestler. And then security comes in and takes him. And the question, what's confusing is why was security not there initially when he came in with the the male wrestler whose name was Dylan McQueen? Um. Uh, you know, and it did look like it was like two wrestlers doing a spot in the match because he, he Dylan kind of just goes with it. Um, and then no security arrives. They don't stop him when he jumps up on the ring apron. Why didn't they immediately grab him? And I, I understand he's mentally challenged and escort him, you know, out of the building. You know, he's obviously. Wait a minute. Are, are we sure this? Are we sure this isn't a work? Well, that that's the thing. They all came out and said it it was. The the female said it was, that she asked the guy to get out of the ring numerous times. Security took him backstage. Then they this is what they said. Then they they knew after the fact that he was mentally disabled, they decided not to press charges. But I mean, they 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 are they are well, saying. Here's the funny is- thing. Look at this, Al. Though, the, see, don't do nothing yet, Jeff. She's sitting there. Rather than this, this guy's hitting the ring. If if I'm a female, I don't think I'm sitting on the top rope watching. I think I'm getting out of there. And and bro, watch when he goes into it. Watch her facial. She kind of sells it. Like just watch. Go ahead. Same with the body language with the male wrestler. Right. It, it looks too. Like preconceived, preconceived. Look, yeah, she even does the look at the crowd. Yeah, bro. I don't know, bro. I don't know. She's going up for him. You know what I mean? You can tell she took the bump for him. He didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying now, right? Yeah. And here's the first one again. But I mean, you you see this all the time. Normally, when a fan comes in, I mean, they're immediately getting their ass beat by the wrestler because the wrestler's not going to sell for. No, they're going to turn around and beat the shit out of somebody. Look, it's a matter of safety, okay? Yeah. It is not about, you know, 
you know, uh, oh, I don't want to look bad or, you know, I don't want the fan to beat me up. It's a matter of safety. You don't know what that fan has in their hands. You know what their intent is. I mean, you know, they're coming in to an area that they know consciously they're not allowed to enter. And uh, you don't know what their intent is, you know. Um, and it's a very dangerous situation when fans run, you know, run into the ring. Al, can we be honest for a second? Hold, hold, hold let, let's be honest. Because uh, I've seen this a million times. And what you just said is absolutely correct. Right. But, bro, when one of the boys see a fan hit the ring and they can clearly see he's unarmed and doesn't have anything, you can't not tell me that there's this little bit of joy that they know they have liberty and can beat the shit out of this guy without getting in any trouble. Well, first off, you never – and I've been in those situations. You never can totally – Clearly, if they have something or not, you know. I, I've seen I've seen fans stab wrestlers, you know, with pen knives, with knives, with you know uh, screwdrivers. Um, I've seen it happen, and you sometimes you can't you can't see it in the guy in the person's hand as they're coming in, and that's why the wrestlers will you know besides the fact that if, you know like you said there is a little bit of like uh, here we go <laughs> there is but it, it comes down to you know your for your safety you know you gotta end the threat as quick as possible um, because you just don't know you know and a lot of guys have gotten severely injured by fans uh, attacking them it doesn't happen as frequently anymore uh, as like it used to, and and that's not because you know stupid notion that you know um, you know that everybody thought it was real. You know they knew uh, back then too, but you people would get caught up, and there would be those fans that were either drunk or you know or a little challenged, and um, and then they would take action. They would you know. And usually, though, and this is also what makes me suspicious about this situation. Uh, normally, fans will never enter the ring unless they feel like their hero is in trouble and they're going to come and save them. Yeah. Uh, that's typically where it happens. Or, you know, or on the entrance, you've got the heel who's coming out and the fan feels like that the heel needs to have justice done to them. You know, and they're going to help. They're all. It's always a matter of helping their hero. Yeah. Is what it is. Um, and that situation didn't exist in this match. You know, the guy came and went after Dylan, the, the male wrestler. And then there's that cut for whatever reason where he got out of the ring. Yeah, I'm assuming there was some type of time passed right. before he got in there again. So like the first incident just went on and nobody did anything. That's what right. it seems like anyway. Why would you do that? Why would yeah, you? That wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen because you're put. The promotion now is putting itself into a libelous situation. You know where they're they're liable for any any kind of actions this guy takes because they sat and watched him come out of the front row, jump, uh, attack a wrestler, and then sat back down in the chair and they just let him sit there. You know, uh, and if he had gotten back in the ring again and, and attacked the female wrestler, well, now the female wrestler has every right to sue. You know, the guy, sue the building, sue the promotion, 
you know, uh, and, you know, sue security because they didn't take steps because they clearly saw what he had done just before. And they just let him sit back down in his chair. So it's that's a real kabuki-ish situation. Yeah, right? yeah. Hey, uh, let me ask you a anyway, but it seems really odd. Let me ask you a hypothetical situation. This is another plug for the only accredited school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We if also I, teach uh, fans self-defense. Well, no, that's, here's what I want to ask you. If I'm a fan, I'm yeah. a fan. And what I mean is the self-defense against fans. Yeah, I come up with this uh, idea that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to go to a wrestling event and hit the ring. Yeah. If I come to your school, right? Well, can you teach me how to conceal a weed whacker? Oh yeah. Absolutely. So I hit the ring. I literally got a weed whacker on me, but nobody know. Can you? Can I get that in your class? Absolutely. They don't call it a prison purse for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And look, and you can Google this, the human anus can stretch up to eight inches. Oh, I mean, it's edit just that out. Jeff, edit that out. This is a no, family, don't edit it out. It's it's a family it's show. Hey, Jeff, edit that out, please. The people need to know that. Also, <laughs> I want to point something out. This is, you can Google this too. Raccoons can squeeze into up to a four-inch diameter hole. That means you can basically stuff two raccoons up your ass. Don't, so. give, these, don't give these people ideas. Please. Ne- next thing we're going to see a wrestling match and an animal getting stuffed up somebody's ass. Don't don't give him any ideas, Al. Seriously. I can only hope that would be. <laughs> Please don't give him any ideas. All right, Jeff. All the, all the heat on the kennel from hell match goes right away. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not if the animal, not if the animals, not if the animals awake, Al. Not if the Al, animals. You ate, you ate your dog. Well, I had my dog shoved up my ass. <laughs> 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 Very nice stuff. All right, Jeff, is this another clip now? Yeah, we got another one. This one was sent in by Greg Krasnoff, and the reason why he sent this one is because Disco pissed off the marks by tweeting this video. Okay, so cool. Disco tweets this video and says, I'm not sure why people are retweeting this like it's good professional wrestling. This is the stuff people outside the bubble laugh at. So fake and choreographed. Embarrassing. So that's what Disco said about this, and it pissed off all the marks. Uh-oh. Guarantee that guy. Oh, I've seen Al do this before. Come on, I've seen, I've definitely seen Al do this. Yes, he has. Come on, now it's called a three-man totem pole. That's called a totem pole. Look at this. Look at this, Al. Al, what are we? Al, what are we doing here? I have no idea. Oh, oh, this is awesome. Wait, hold on. Hey, Jeff, I want to. I wanted, wait a minute. Yeah, do that again. I want to do it with the proper sound effects. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Well, you might want to hit the sad trombone on this. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to hit the proper sound effects. Go ahead. That's the proper sound effects. There it is. All right, get in there. Get in the grund. What do you call it? The grundle, out. Get in the grundle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we yeah. go. That's it. Stack them up. Go ahead, twisty. Al again. Hold on, Al. I got a new scenario for you. Okay. You're in the back going over a match. Hey, and if you stack three guys naked, one on top of the other, that's called a scrotum pole. <laughs> <laughs> Just, All right, Al, you're in the back. Oh. It's you. You got a match. It's it's a, Jeff, it's, wow, that was good. Jeff, <laughs> Al, it's a handicap match. Okay. You against the New Age Outlaws. All right. So you're back there with Billy and Road Dog. All right. And Billy is going to say, okay, 
uh, uh, Road Dogs, you're going to go over to the road. Road, road Dogs is going to stack you, put him on your shoulders. Right. I'm going to come under the grundle. Under the grundle. So now we got the scrotum pole. We're gonna be grotum, we're gonna be grundle deep. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna walk away from the corner. Right. And do some type of twisty gimmick. Yeah. We're, we're all gonna power bomb both of you at the same time. Yeah, okay. What your response is? Uh no fucking way. <laughs> uh, okay, let me give you another scenario. OVW. OVW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you you know, you write it, you produce it the whole nine yards. Right. All of a sudden, uh, uh, Jesse Goddard. Yeah. Uh, e- maybe EC3 is on the card. Okay. All of a sudden, they're stacking each other three people high. Right. Uh, they go around, they do some squirrely thing. Yes. The fans chant, this is awesome. Yes. What's the conversation when they come in the back? I want, what in the sweet Reese's peanut butter fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got a this is awesome chant. Uh, yeah. Congratulations! Wow, a group of chimpanzees could do the same thing. How? What? 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 What are these people doing out? What are they doing out? It's 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 again in. They're just helping me make the case, and I've I've said this a number of times in the past. They are just helping me make the case to prove exactly what I say, which is they are not doing it for the audience. They're doing it to entertain each other. I mean, that's that's exactly what they're doing. So, you know, they're not doing it for any other purpose, no other reason. They, they, you know, it's to, it's for the boys so that when they walk in the back, you know, the boys can go, "Oh my God, that was that was amazing," because it's it's not it's not in any. I mean, I have no problem with. The athleticism and, and, and the move itself, you know, and again, it comes again down to risk versus reward because that, that was an enormous amount of risk. There's there's so many things that could have gone wrong there. Uh, but is it going to doing that one singular move, if I'm sure was not done within any context in the match. And I promise you, after something so physically impressive, it was made to be nothing because they probably went another 15, 20 minutes of the other two guys that took it getting right up and acting as if nothing occurred. Well, then why bother doing it? Mm -hmm. Because we're not doing it to elicit an emotional reaction that's going to motivate a larger audience to watch us. We're doing it to appeal to a niche crowd that exists within that audience and then backstage. That's it. Yeah, That's what every one of them are doing. Because it, it no longer, you know, and, and at the end of the day, regardless of what they want to say or believe or, oh, it's changed and it's different now, their job is exactly the same now as it was in 1956. And that is when they walk through the curtain, their job is to captivate and motivate an audience, period. Captivate their attention and then use it to motivate them to want to pay that to see that athlete do their job. And if they can't do that, then they're worthless, period. Oh, they're really good. Well, okay, they're really good, but nobody pays to see them. So, you know, there's lots of really good boxers, and there are lots of really good MMA fighters. There's lots of really great singers. There's lots of really great comedians you've never heard about. There's a lots of great orchestral, uh, orchestra uh, 
music musicians, you know what I mean, that will play violins like, you know, just astounding. You never heard of them. Why? Because people won't pay to see them. So it can't be monetized. And if it can't be monetized, it's not exploited. And if it's not exploited, it's not exposed. And that's just how it works. This is, at the end of the day, still the wrestling business. And, and that's your job. Your job is to be able to monetize what you do so and exploit. And so the promoter can exploit it so that the both of you can make money together. But if nobody's going to pay to see it, if no one's going to tune into the to the television show to watch it, well, then the television network can't exploit that and monetize it by selling advertising. And therefore, they're no longer going to retain the wrestling show on their on their network. They're going to get something else that will will draw ratings so that they can monetize that. And that comes down to whether or not you can walk through that curtain, captivate an audience's attention, prevent them from turning the channel and then make them want to spend money to continuously see you. And, the, and just doing the physical act of doing moves ain't enough. Because if it were, AEW would be just sailing past WWE as far as attendance and as far as merchandise sales, as far as licensing agreements, as far as pay-per-view buys, as far as everything. They would be so far down the road because their talent are doing so much more on a physical level than what WWE's talent does, period. Al, you want to hear something that I, I look back on this and I can't like and then I look at stuff like this and I really I can't believe when I look back at this, bro. It, it was after WrestleMania, um, Wrestle, Pontiac Silverdome, WrestleMania three. We all know the Savage Steamboat match. And I know that's what I know your theory, but I'm just talking about, you know, what a great match. I know, but I was just talking about what a great match it was. Okay. Yeah, it was a great match. I thought it was a great match. Was it the best match on the show? No, I know. I know. From a fan's perspective, but from a wrestler's perspective. And the reason that's important, the only reason I even bring it up and say anything is because that mindset, every single person you speak to that's in the wrestling business today wants to be Savage and Steamboat. Right. No one. And I mean, no one wants to be Hogan and Andre. And that's where it's gotten skewed because now it's let's appeal to just fa the, the fans that like that match. Let's not appeal to the 93,000 or whatever the number is that Dave Meltzer claims bought tickets at the Pontiac Silverdome that year. And let's not appeal to that larger group. You know what I mean? And, and let's go a little step further. Okay. I don't want, I want to have a match that you tell me, was the best match on the show, okay? You, just you, you know, just the two of you, okay? I don't want to have a match that was so good and did so little that you still to this day can recite the whole match to me with Hogan and Andre. You can tell me the whole match, and you can tell me how it made you feel. Tell me something about the Savage and Steamboat match other than arm drags. Here's what I want to tell you, okay? So, bro, it was 1987. So, bro, I'm literally 26 years old. I know the business. I've understand the business. I've been watching, you know, my, my whole life. I I know what it is, but but I'm also like a savage mark. I'm talking about for the character Randy Savage. I'm a mark for the cast. I, I love Savage. I just do. Sure. But, bro, I remember that match took place at WrestleMania three. 
Bro, then Savage and Steamboat went around the loop in a steel cage match. And what I'm saying is at 26 years old, I went out and got a ticket for that. Based on the performance I saw, I was like, man, I got to go see them. I went out at 26 and bought a ticket for that. But my point is, if you're watching what these three banana heads just did, right? you can't wait to get a ticket to the next match to see them do that again? It depends. It depends on if where, how, where, and when, and why, within what context they did it in the match, and and then what did they use it for when they did it? Did they did they use it to increase the jeopardy of one of those one of those opponents? You know what I mean? Or did they do which I would surmise is probably more the case? They did an amazing, spectacular move like that, and then literally the other two guys practically almost 30 seconds to a minute later stood up and they got to do some offense. Yeah. Well, then if they got to do offense, where was the jeopardy of doing that? Where was the consequence of doing it? I, I, I've told, I know I've told this story. It's a, here's a great example. Okay. Went to a ring of honor show in Dayton, Ohio. And I have told this, and it's a good example though. Okay. Uh, uh, first match on the show. Uh, two minutes, 40 seconds, two minutes, 41 or 42 seconds in, I, I, uh, um, eight man scramble, four team scramble. Okay. Eight guys all total two minutes, 42 seconds in all eight are on the floor. Okay. Match it. This very first match of the show, all eight guys are already on the floor. Right. So one guy is standing on the far side of the ring, far, uh, away from where I'm up in the balcony watching. He's facing this direction, right? I watched Jack Evans. This was one of the most incredible feats of athleticism I've ever seen at that point. Slides in underneath the rope uh, on the opposite side. Now, meanwhile, the other six guys are fighting on the floor. So Jack slides in. This guy's standing on the far side looking this direction. Jack slides in. Stands up, backs into the rope, comes off the rope, does a round off into a backhand, I swear to God, into a backhand spring. Backhand springs so high that he is able to twist over the top rope and turn and lands on the guy's shoulders and hurricanrana's him on the floor. Two minutes and 41 seconds, I've seen the most athletic thing Mm -hmm. I've ever seen in the wrestling business. I was like, oh my God, that was amazing. Do you know what happened right after that? The guy that took the hurricanrana got up and ran Jack Evans into a pole. They all started doing dives, and then they continued on for another eight to nine minutes. What did that move mean? Yeah, nothing. It's the, my problem never the move. Yeah, yeah. My problem is, why did you do it? Yeah. What did you, why? You just did it because you, it was cool and you were trying to get over with. The boys, because you you know you. But, but, but it's the same you thing. The audience, you impress the audience. But go back to that cliff for a second, Jeff. I, I just I want to ask. I want you to understand. Like it's like, hey, I'm going to show you something really cool. Then you do it, and you go, well, you thought that was cool. Wait till you see this. So you right. completely discounted. Right. 
but, but I, I want I want to ask you a question now. You know, you know, you you're the trainer, you're the teacher there. You know, seriously. I, okay, I we got this here. We got okay. We'll go okay. All right, right, bro. Right here when this guy goes on the knee, stop. What's that dude's intention? Like, like literally. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go in your grundle. We're gonna be three men high. What's his intention of okay? We're we're now three men high. I, I don't I don't know why any human being would do this. It would only be to increase the odds and the opportunity of you winning the match. Again, remember the only thing the audience desperately wants to believe in are two things: who you are and the intent behind what you're doing, and the idea that you're there trying to win and trying not to lose because. As you know, as impressive as this move is, the only real consequence to it, as far as for the audience is concerned, I mean, watch this is amazing. You know, I'm not. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's incredible. But the only intent behind the only consequence to it is he could beat. He could increase the odds of winning one of, against one of these guys. Jeff, play that through. How how far does it go? Does he attempt to cover, or this is all you yeah, have? That was that was all it was. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he because. Yeah, I don't even know who the baby faces and the heels are in this. I have no idea who's who's who. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There are no heels and baby faces. Yeah, well, I think one of those guys is that. Uh, um, I think Marco Stunt or uh, no, um, uh, Tyler Perry's son. Uh, Bakingo or Bikingo or the one of, Con- one of Conan's boys, which is interesting with Disco criticizing. I would like to hear how oh, that, wow, that yeah. happened. I'm keeping it 100, but yeah. I Jeff, what am I doing? Okay, all right, Jeff, let's get to some news for Al, man, please. All right, well, before before the news, did you want Al to hear that Meltzer? Oh, pl- Al. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, thank you, Jeff. This thank is why you, Goldie loves Jeff. Thank yeah. you, Jeff. All right, Al, I don't. Al, is there a, is there a seatbelt on that seat? You might want to strap in for this. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, right. I'll strap it. Right, are you ready? I want you to listen. Click, clean it, clean it. Put your finger in your ear just in case there's any day old wax in there or anything. All right, clean get it out of there. All right, All right got my feet set, so you go. You you know, I'm ready. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Right. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Go ahead, Jeff. Please go ahead. Here we go. Here we go. Al, listen close. I don't know know what the number's going to be. I'm sorry, but we should set this up. He's talking about looking at what the Dynamite rating is going to be before it came out for, it would have been two weeks ago now. Yeah, so the Dynamite rating is not out yet. Okay. But Uncle Dave may be setting it up for it not being too good. Okay, so he's (laughs) great groundwork. Yes. Basically primal. Oops! You know they're AEW. Oh, more. Go back, go back. I want yeah, te- technical difficulties. That I want out to get this in full. I right, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know. A little drunk True. this morning. Hit the wrong clip. Here we go. Oh my God! Today, you know, I don't. I don't know what the number's going to be, but I could not believe how much I heard about Vanderpump Rules today. You know, I mean, <laughs> this was the the final episode of the season, so everything built to this. There are. Um, you know, um, um, what reunion, reunion episodes for the next three weeks that I, I was told will probably draw big, but people are thinking that this is going to be a monster rating tonight. So, um, not going to help AEW in any way. Uh, you got that out. Van, Van, uh, the, pump, uh, Van the pump, Van the pump rolls out. 
it's not. It's no longer the NBA <laughs> the problem. No, no, no. That Vanderpump is <laughs> that Vanderpump is is drawing the numbers. That's you know killing killing AEW. Al, I don't know if you've ever watched Vanderpump Rules. I don't even know what the hell that is. Okay, it, it, it's <laughs> it one of these. Like, it's it, it it's like a. It sounds like a porno. That's what no, like. you know, bro. It's one of the reality shows with a rich, a rich woman, the whole nine yards, who owns a restaurant or whatever. Al, there isn't one AEW fan in the world that watches oh. this show. Oh. Not one, Al. You're gonna tell me that the, as you call them, the neck beards are gonna go. Hey, we gotta hurry home. There's another <laughs> episode of Banter Pump Rules on. No. That, 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 that audience is completely dramatically different. Oh know. my God, Al. You're going to tell me that they're drawing big numbers on PBS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's a hot show on PBS, and, uh, you know, that's going to affect AEW's numbers. I mean, yeah, you know. Al, ex your wife. Ask your wife on the show. Ask her about Vanderpump Rules. See if she's ever I seen the show. She has never even heard of the thing. Oh my God. Vanderpump Rules. I have no idea what you're talking about. Then the pump rules is killing the wrestling business. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what's dragging us down. You know what I mean? <laughs> Third hour of Raw would be doing strong, strong numbers if they weren't doing reruns of Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. All right, Jeff. What kind of news you got for Al? Did you? Well, wait, 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 wait. How again? And we we you know we all brought this up ever since the inception of AEW. I, either he's on the payroll or he is just the biggest AEW whore I have ever seen. <laughs> I, 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 and how can you have any kind of what you, journalistic integrity if you're you're a journalist, okay, you're a wrestling journalist, how can you claim you have any journalistic integrity when you're so blatantly and obviously biased on the behalf of one company? How I, I, I just it baffles my mind. And then for people to defend him and go, no, he's he's, you know, he's calling it right down the middle. Really? He literally before the numbers even came out, he anticipated they weren't going to. Be I'm sorry. I'll go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, that's, pro- that's propaganda are you, are you like... over there. I mean, are you what do you? I'm having a conversation. Hey, keep talking out. Yeah. He's listening to music while yeah, he's over there. No, keep talking out. Keep talking. Go ahead. You're, you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna thank me. You're gonna thank me. Keep talking. Spotify playlist, you know. Keep talking, keep talking out. <laughs> Just gotta go find another track of the Beatles. <laughs> well, that's like propaganda though, Al, when he's putting out excuses for something that hasn't even happened yet by anticipating it. It's well, just like propaganda. It's all propaganda, even when he's when he's you know when he's just reporting, but he's always putting a spin on it, on in in favor of them. You know, he's not just he doesn't just like what he does with Raw or SmackDown or, or you know when WCW existed. He didn't just state the facts. You know, now he's literally stating things, and then hey, here's my interpretation, and hey, and he's trying to polish up a turd. You know, he's oh my god, Vanderpump Rules is gonna be a huge number. Oh my god, you know, and all that's all I've ever heard is you know how much Vanderpump Rules. All right, out. Listen, when they're not when they're not watching AEW, Al, this is a taste of Vanderpump Rules for Al. This is what they're watching. Here we go, Al. 
I'm starting to see a pattern in Raquel. It seems that she's only interested in men that her friends are either married to or interested in, and that is a big red flag for me. Layla's crush. That that Al. That's what they want. That's what the neckbeards are watching. Bro. Instead of AEW, bro. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to uh, the, the the TV taping in Lexington, I looked around and I went, "Well, I tell you what, an episode of Vanderpump Rules is going to drop off tonight." <laughs> the ratings are going to go right in the tank because fucking it, Lexington was full. Can you imagine, bro? That he's, he's making that comparison. No, that's absurd. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the World Series of Baseball is on. Yeah, I get that. Hey, the NBA Finals are on. Hey, I get that. The Stanley Cup is on. I get that. It's near the Super Bowl. I get that. The football playoffs. Hey, it's the last episode of Vanderpump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever happened to this freaking guy's integrity? Does this guy have any integrity, like, whatsoever, bro? <laughs> That was bought and paid for. Period. Yeah. He is. He is. He is the obviously the minister of propaganda for AEW. I mean, that's he can say whatever he wants, and he can be insulted, and you know, and, and his fans can be offended. How dare you say that? How dare you not see the obvious? Al, Al I'm not going to play this because Jeff's going to get upset. I just want to show you the headline. Uh, they lost viewers to Katie's ex-husband Schwartz. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, who, hey, hey, who doesn't want to see Katie's ex-husband? <laughs> that guy's got an animal magnetism about him. <laughs> he is, nice. so Thank, you. Guy, Thank you, Jeff. No, I, I, I apologize to Jeff. I apologize. No, it's the copyright I'm worried about. No, no, I apologize to you remembering that. Oh, that okay. Is, yeah. Uh, unreal. unreal. <laughs> I, what's next, Jeff? What's you know, next, man, the pump? After nine months of drama and constant speculation, it's been made official by Tony Khan. CM Punk is returning to AEW for the Collision debut. I mean, that's it. So the the speculating and all this stuff is over. He's back. Vince, you said they were kayfabing themselves when TNT said he's not involved. Maybe right. they realize that. Right. Change change their mind. Hey, we we actually need people to watch this show. Maybe we should advertise it. Uh, I hope but the what, God Vanderpump Rules isn't on. What himself ain't gonna save it. So hell, they yeah. have on that show, and if Vanderpump Rules is on, it ain't gonna draw a dime. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we've seen. Wait, what, what did he announce that Jeff on Dynamite? He announced that on Dynamite. Well, That's all he said. It's all he did, said. Did you see the clip? I saw the clip. Yeah. How, well, how, what was so? He said that live. He said it live. What was the reaction? Half and half. Half and half. Okay. Like some booze and, and huge cheers. So okay. it's like so what? I mean, it, honestly, at this point, he, punk is old news. He, he, you know, he created a he create good for him too. You know, he created a mystique and a persona by his absence. But once his once he returned, that mystique went away. It, it evaporated, you know, there was no longer the intrigue or the fanciful, idealized image of him. You know, he couldn't maintain it um, when he came back. He could not live up to uh, the, the ideal of CM Punk that had been created by the fans. He couldn't live up to it. And, and so, so he's coming back. 
Okay, big deal. How much of based on the numbers, nothing else, nothing personal. Based on the numbers, uh, what what's it, what's it going to be? It's not you know it's not going to it's not going to be a momentous, earth shattering shift in the dynamic of the world of wrestling. I mean, especially if God, I bet CM Punk's probably home right now, sweating, worrying that another ep- new episode of Vader Pump Rules is going to drop. On the same. Oh wait, Al, we got late breaking news. Hold on, Al. We I got I got to stop the show because Al. What? Appearing on the Howie Mandel Does Stuff podcast, Sandoval claimed he yeah. and Raquel first hooked up after guys' night at the Mondarian. Oh, yeah, Al. Easy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Al. Late breaking, late break, late breaking Vanderbilt uh, rules. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go check out that podcast. I didn't know that <laughs> podcast. I got to get the inside track on that. I was really. Al, can you imagine from from day one? From day one, oh man, and watching that show and enjoying it. <laughs> I'll th- I'll imagine this from day one. You are a businessman, and you are you know you are a wrestler at heart. That's you know you claim the fame. Right. I'll think about this from day one. How much freaking money has CM Punk taken from this dude, bro? I'm saying at least I'm saying between five to ten million. And, and God bless him. Good for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm at least five to ten million. Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah. From day one. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, Jeff, when, when does that show debut? June seventeenth. So it's gonna it's gonna be from Chicago. So very similar to his original return. But I was gonna ask you guys when you look at this, and we we discussed this when it happened. Uh, but you look at this from the television point of a viewer that just watches Dynamite. They don't pay attention to all this crap on the internet. What right. happened was CM Punk wins the title Sunday at a pay per view. Right. Wednesday they just announced that all the build, the belts are, are held up and they're vacant without any explanation. And CM Punk has been gone and not pretty much not mentioned since then. Now they're promoting CM Punk's coming back. So we, we, we've seen their track record. They're probably not going to do, do this the right way. But no. if you could do this the right way, how, with, with already with that, you know, your foot in the hole by not explaining why he left, how do you do this the right way to make the most money out of him coming back? One, uh, honestly, what I would do is I would, I would work the audience. I would send CM Punk out there at the top of the show. I would have him in an in-ring promo um, explaining what his absence attesting it to some personal tragedy or or situation that had to take him away momentarily from the business that he loved the fact that he would he held you know the championship the highest accolade that a, a wrestler could achieve uh, which you know meant that he was living his dream but because of this circumstance this terrible situation that it prevented him from truly uh, you know, living out and you know what he really wanted to do he's back now he's back and even more driven and more you know excited about the fact that he's going to begin his ascent back to the top and then you send a heel out you know to basically shit on him shit on whatever this mysterious this you know you don't even really need to go into detail but whatever this circumstance or situation is 
accuse him of lying, accuse him of being a coward, accuse him of not being able to maintain or, you know, stay under pressure, stand up to the pressure and the threats that are going to be against him. Um, and that he cracked, that he went home because he was a coward. Now you set up a match between the two of them for later that night, and you you get CM Punk over. Let him go over strong. Or what you do is you make it look like he could have, should have, and would have beat the heel, and the heel puts the brakes on him and gets away with it. And now you start a little bit of an angle just expressly so that you can get the ball rolling and you put start building CM Punk back up again. CM Punk, you know, they act like he's Hogan or Steve Austin, like he just walks back in the building and he's automatically over, but he's not. And there, there are very, very, very few people that are going to be on that kind of a level where they just walk in the building, they're going to be over. And you've got to manufacture the circumstances to start rebuilding them and getting them back over. Granted, you know, he's at a point where it's going to make it easier. You're not going to have to push the ball as far up the fucking side of the hill to get it to roll down the other, you know, and get him going. But you're still going to have to at some point because you're, you're, again, trying to reach a majority of the audience, not just that vocal minority that read the Internet and the newsletter. So to your point, Jeff, that would be how you would reintroduce him. Give me, as the fan... Who, like you said, watched him win, watched him disappear, never heard anything more of him, right? Give me a, give me something to where I go, oh, I get that. Enough, enough, enough. This is why Al's never been Booker of the Year. I wasted my precious time campaigning for him. This is why he's never been Booker of the Year. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how this goes down. Listening to anything I say, you've been sitting there waiting just for the. (laughs) Let me tell you how this goes down, Al. Here's the difference between I. I just like this off the cuff. You have to calculatedly think it through. Jeff, this is what we do. Go. go All right. CM Punk goes out there. It's got the microphone. And we put him in a cage match, Jeff, because everybody, you know, people are going to stop. Hey, that's a cage. He's got the microphone, Jeff. Before he says anything. We're going to set up a ladder match for later that night. No, no. before he says a word, here comes the elite. Here comes uh, the Bucks and Omega. And here they come out to the ring. Oh, boy, here we go. Why? Did I interrupt your pitch? Okay, go right ahead. Okay. Did I interrupt your pitch? No, I'll wait. You, 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 right, kinda, you kinda did with the booze and said okay, enough. Never mind that. Yeah. Jeff, they walk out to the ring. They get into the ring. The fans are like, holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. All right, Jeff. The four of them <clears throat> proceed to walk over to the corner. One by one, the stack begins. We stack four men. Bro, CM Punk on his shoulders has Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks out on Al on his shoulders. Well, he should. He's already got the entire company on his shoulders. On his shoulders. Walks to the middle of the ring. Hold on. Let me get my effects ready. Triple power bomb. That's it. Ratings gold. Ratings gold, Al. Come on, man. 
Oh, I'm, I still got it. I, don't they chant? You still got it. They'd yes. be chanting that right now if this show were live. They'd be yeah. chanting right now. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't well, think. you know what? I got to tell you something. For I, I just hope, honestly, bro. Like no kidding aside, I just hope for Al. Listen, you. We always say in wrestling, and I'm sure you tell this to your students every single day. You get one first, one, one, one first. Chance one first try. Get one impression. That's one impression. One first impression. That's it. I just hope, bro. This time around, they they give him a better creative than what he had the first time around because that was just completely wasted. Listen, they can give him all they want, but again, he walks out there. It's on him. The onus is on him. He the first when he came back the very first time, right? What did he spend? the majority of his promo talking about. Did he talk about AEW? Did he spend the majority of his promo talking about his intentions there? Did he spend the majority of his promo uh, talking about his motivations and how excited he was and the competition and putting over talent that was on the roster? No, he didn't. You know what he spent a majority of time doing? Bitching and pissing and moaning about WWE. And, And how does that elevate him, one, Two, how does that elevate AEW or the talent there? And all that did was put over WWE as more the predominant product. So he dropped the ball on his own return. And, and regardless of creative, they could have given him all the creative they wanted. And he's going to walk out there with his own agenda and he's going to grind his own axe on the microphone. Not if, he's, it, working, not if he's working for Vince McMahon, he's not. <clears throat> correct. He's not. Which brings up, there was another clip that was going around the internet, which was hilarious. And I don't know when Tony Khan's going to learn from his mistakes and stop doing these ridiculous media scrums, because none of them ever go the right way. But he's sitting there beside MJF, yeah. who, I, you know, let's face it, uh, you know, I think that kid's, you know, very intelligent. He's, you know, he's a genius. And, you know, and the fact that he just, he gets it, you know, he understands understands the business but he's starting to one he's getting a little repetitive and a little redundant he's starting to become a one-note song he's got to create some depth and he's got to he's got to change it up a little bit you know what i mean just a fuzz and add some dimensions to it um a weed whacker no well of course that or at least some you know fire everyone (laughs) (laughs) nothing nothing says right some good flames. You know, well, um, me, 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 I want to ask you a question as you're talking about this because me and Jeff were discussing exactly the media scrum game. That's called interrupting, but go ahead. I, because I, I'll forget if I don't ask you when you when you say something, you trigger me to ask you a question. What, what, do, you, what do you want me to do? I go, you go. I go, you go. You said something. I'm triggering to what you trigger me to ask you something. Literally, I just triggered you. So go ahead. I want to ask you a question because me and Jeff had this discussion. Well, that'll be important. What do you think? Like, honestly, the the explanation, um, you know, the the reason in, in Tony Khan's mind, yeah. why is he out there sitting next to the talent during these scrums? Like, what 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 is psychologically what is going through this dude's mind when he's sitting there next to MJF and we can have a whole CM Punk moment all over again? Go ahead. I'll tell you why. 
because it's not about the talent. There's, those scrums are not about the talent. Those scrums are not about the company. Those scrums are not about the product. Those scrums are not about disseminating information. Those scrums are one thing. They're out to allow Tony to have a presence on camera and to go, hey, look at me. Look at me. I was just a fan, but look at me now. I'm now in the wrestling business. Look at me. I know things. I'm, I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I know wrestling. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the next Paul Heyman. I'm the next Jim Cornette. And, and guys like him, that's really their objective. They want to be known as because they idolize and, and see how the fan base, that fan base that he's trying to appeal to, have oh, for now decades, quite honestly, decades, have glorified and edified uh, Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette. And, you know, they vilify uh, Vince and, you know, even though he's quite honestly one of probably one of those brilliant men, businessmen, period, let alone in wrestling. But they don't, they don't want to be Vince, just like they didn't, you know, wrestlers don't want to be Hogan Andre. They want to be Savage Steamboat, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from Savage and Steamboat. But let's face it, if you're, you're a wrestler from a business perspective, you want to be Hogan Andre. Because Hogan Andre made the most money on that show because Hogan and Andre are what sold that show, you know. But you don't want to be that. You don't want to be the thing that sold the show. You want to be the thing that appeals to a niche audience that said you had the best match on the show in spite of basing on off of actual numbers and attendance and interest and heat and desire to witness. We don't want that. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be on the top of the card. You want to be somewhere in the middle. And you're excited to be the best match on the show that stole the show uh, and did improper business. Well, good for you. But that's not really the objective you should be shooting for. Um, you know, and, and the same goes for Tony Khan. Tony Khan doesn't want to be Vince McMahon. He wants to be Paul Heyman. He wants to be Jim Cornette. He wants to be known as the guy who reinvented the wheel that came in and saved wrestling. He has a savior complex. Because he's at the end of the day, he is narcissistic and he is insecure and he is, you know, riddled with inadequacies and inferiorities to where that's why he's a people pleaser. You know, that's why he can't be a genuine leader. Um, and, and I'm not saying any of this as a put down. I'm saying this as an actual observation of his personality. Right, right. And, and, and I can tell you because I have personal experience with a person like this. He, that guy, Tony wants to he just set up those scrums and sits behind, beside the talent so that it's, hey, look at me. I'm over here. I'm doing this, too. I'm the one that kind of really, it's not him. It's me. And that's why he does it. And he puts himself in situations in a public forum that don't benefit the company. They don't benefit him. They don't benefit his standing or his level of respect with the talent. Because let's, you know, even without, take, take Vince out of the equation. Nobody would try that stuff with Hunter. Hunter's a very kind, very respectful. He's not like Vince at all in the way that he manages talent. But every one of those talent will be there and will respect Hunter respect his vision, respect his direction, and will not openly disrespect. They might do it behind his back. I'm sure lots of them do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not you know that's just the nature of, of the beast. But they're not going to openly do it in, you know, not just in a public forum. They certainly wouldn't do it in a public forum or at a press conference for WrestleMania or something. They, they, would, they, would, they wouldn't even do it backstage out in the open. 
you know, I wouldn't even do it in the building. They'd wait till they get in the car. You know how the boys are. They'll get in the car, and then all they do is bitch and complain. You know, they, they wouldn't take the act of, like, what I'm talk, I was going to talk about, or I was so rudely interrupted, um, by MJF, you know, where he's sitting right next to Tony in front of everybody. And you can see, you can, when you watch the video, you can see the look of, 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 of a, literally being appalled, like of stunned and being shocked. And, and I personally, I think a little bit like he was hurt. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Tony Khan was hurt, uh, by what MJF was saying. Okay. And, you know, MJF sitting there and, you know, he starts talking about, you know, hey, when I want, you know, when I'm talking about taking my ball and going home and he goes earmuffs, Tony, like, you know, uh, you know, just put him on like you're a kid and you just don't need to hear this type of thing. And Tony looks at him like, well, who the fuck are you talking to? You know what I mean? You, you would never see a talent say that no matter what their gimmick was, they would not address Vince or Hunter. Oh, God. God forbid. Public, and especially in a public forum like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, even back, again, not even backstage. They, it, that's not going to fly, you know? And because there's no, you can clearly see that he is belittling um, the the leadership of Tony Khan by those, that behavior. And, and, and the only umbrage, the only problem I have with what MJF did was it didn't get him heat. It kind of, he kind of literally with that whole diatribe that he, he went through that he said, you know, the way it, it, it kind of buried AEW, it buried, it definitely openly disrespected and buried Tony Khan. And, and it, it openly, disrespected and buried AEW and all of the other talent in the locker room. And let me, from a business standpoint, okay, even if he were attempting just to get heel heat, it's not a good idea because you're basically, you never get over it by putting somebody else under. You always elevate and talk about, and then you go, but I'm that much better. You know what? Hang mm -hmm. the page. You know, blah, 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 this guy, that guy. Yeah, they all want this title, you know, and brother, let me tell you, I mean, they're tough competitors. They're really, but let's face it, I'm MJF and none of these people have the talent that I do. They're talented. They're just not me. Mm -hmm. You know, you put people over to elevate yourself. Yeah. But when you bury people, you know, uh, you know, you, you bear you ultimately what you're doing is, is if you beat nothing, you are nothing. If you're the top yeah. of the mountain. <laughs> it, well, apparently it's a mountain of shit. Well, then if it's a mountain of shit, then you're you're literally the peak. You're the curly Q, the DQ curly Q on a mountain of shit. Well, that, so what? You're, that means you're shit too, you know. And it was it's just bad business. But the point, though, beside it being bad business, is he was openly disrespectful and disdainful about the company and about Tony Khan, and you know it showed a direct and open lack of respect. For both, and, and it did not elevate, or you know, it didn't elevate the company, it didn't elevate any of the other talent, and it certainly did not elevate MJF. It, you know, and if he was doing it just in character, trying to get heat, uh, he took a misstep there. But I have a feeling he was saying it; he was ribbing on the square. I think he was literally saying it. You know, it was real, and I and because Tony's 
reactions were real, you know? Yeah. Al, let me, let me ask you this though, because it really is a different time. He, 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 here's, here's really what the difference is when J when uh, uh, MJF is out there doing that. Okay. Yeah. Here's what he cares about, bro. This is what he wants to get over the MJF brand. Correct. He doesn't care. He's not there Correct. to get over the companies, not there to get over Tony Khan. He could give a shit about AEW. He's right. there to get all oh, look at me. I'm going to insult the, the, the owner of the company and he's sitting right next to me. Yeah. That's what he's out there doing. You're absolutely 100% correct. Here's the problem. You can't get over by putting somebody else under. It just isn't possible. You now are, you're bare, you know, that's like, okay, you know, I don't know Jeff's love life, but, you know, and really we don't want to know anything about it. But, I don't. Um, but let's just say that Jeff breaks up with his girlfriend, okay? Um, you know, now Jeff, you know, is hanging out with you and I here on the podcast, and he's like, hey, guys, I got to. I broke up with my girlfriend. Man, she was such a bitch. She did, she that. And he starts running her down. The first thing I'm thinking is, well, you're an idiot. Why did you stay in that situation? Why were you with her the whole time? You know what I mean? Don't make him look good. Because now I just question you and your, your you know, your self-respect. You know, it, it, you never get over by burying the other party. You know, it, it, it doesn't work. And, and, hold, and hold, hold on now. I hate to interrupt you. And don't yell at me for interrupting. But you say something, and I got to ask you. As a matter of fact, I'll hold on for a second. I, I don't want. I don't want to interrupt your interrupting. Well, I don't. I, I don't. Uh, I don't normally uh, like to do this. Interrupt? Oh no, yeah. You I, got, I got a picture of Jeff's girlfriend. Oh, do you? Okay. Do you want to see it? Oh God, yes, I do. Okay, hold on. I'm Jeff. I'm sorry, but he brought it up, and she has small hands. I don't usually like going there, uh, but. Not like cabbage. Yeah, there she is. Oh, yeah. There she is. There she is. What do you I think? Wonder, she looks like she has a wonderful singing voice. <laughs> Al, listen to me. Hold on for a second, because I think you. I think you're forgetting. Look of surprise. I think you're forgetting one thing. What? Well, apparently you forgot the niche audience. Right. That's who MJF is addressing. That's I no, think no. I think that's over with them. I think that he's bullying the boss of the company and making him look like a horse's ass. I think that's over with the niche audience. Of course it is, of course. But it, in the long run, it's it's going to drive them away. Because you know, let's face it: if they don't they don't respect, you don't have to like Vince McMahon. You have to respect it. Let's face right, it. Right. Right. You know, you don't have to like or agree. Even with the mustache, though? Well, it, that just makes him funnier. I mean, that's just... <laughs> okay. Even if, even if he... And you know how he could get, you know, when he yells at you. Like, yeah. if I were standing there and he were, like, yelling at me, I, there was no way. I'm telling you right now, there's no way I could keep a straight face. With that I, I, was the, I was the same way. I would be laughing the entire time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I couldn't take him seriously. Yeah. I'd be well, like, this I, like, I've got Stanley Whiplash yelling at me. I'm going to go... You know, Rocky and uh, Bullwinkle. Al, I got to tell you something. When you watch any wrestling show now, and, and this used to be a rule of thumb, bro, they don't even know and understand the art of putting your opponent over. No, they, that, bro, that doesn't happen in the WWE anymore. They don't understand how to do it during the body of a match. Yeah, it, it doesn't exist anymore. At that point, like we talked about with Gunther, 
uh, I think that might have been a week or two ago, with that six-man where Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are throwing him over the table. You just, and for Gunther, you know, that those are that's a place where a talent needs to know when to go. No, you're not doing that. Because let's face it, you know, Gunther potentially could draw money with a Roman Reigns. Gunther could potentially draw money with a Brock Lesnar. Gunther could potentially draw money with a lot of guys, you know. But would you let just the other guys throw you over fucking, you know, throw you over tables and bump you around? Well, you certainly don't look like you're on the same level as Roman Reigns and, you know... Um, you know, it's okay to let those guys do it at the appropriate time, at the appropriate place, for the appropriate reason. But if you're already doing, letting them do it now, where do you go? You know, and how are you build, you're building yourself up to be a threat against guys like Reigns and like Brock Lesnar and other people that are, yeah. you, know, you just don't, you know, and you're, you're killing yourself off before you've even gotten started. Yeah, look, I, and I'm, I made those mistakes, you know, and I understand that. I know where I went wrong. And, you know, I know where the stove was hot and that I just went ahead and touched it and burnt myself. And, you know, I could have I could have changed my whole career by making better decisions and being more strategic and thinking more business like, you know. Um, but that, I think uh, back to the MJF and the, the Tony Khan, I don't think there's been more of a clear example of really what lies at the heart of the problem with AEW and mm. the floundering um, and not being able to achieve any any genuine consistent success. I'm not saying that they're unsuccessful. Right, right, right. Potential. Okay. Potential. I'm not saying that, but they are nowhere near where they could be yeah. if they if they had a strong guiding hand with a very distinct vision and and the authority, the respect to you know manage the talent to deliver that you know and let's face it you really have to you really have to drive the bus in the in the wrestling business you can't let the inmates run the asylum because all of the inmates have their individual agendas you know that have a lot of times nothing that has anything to do with the best interests of the company which then is the best interest of the entire locker room they have their own interests and and are going to do what they can to further those agendas more so than the overall one. And if you don't have a strong definitive leader, yeah, you know, and and the only reason I care, you know, because somebody's got oh, you know, you're criticizing, you don't know anything. You're right, I don't. I mean, I don't. But you know, um, the only reason I'm criticizing it, I'm not even really criticizing. I'm br- I'm simply bringing it up for a conversation is because we desperately need AEW to thrive, not just survive, not just to clip along. You know, we need it to, to really, cause somebody's going, well, they sold out Wembley. You know, we're going to get the Dave Meltzerism of propaganda, you know, uh, well, you know, the Vanderpump, it, it really is going to hurt AEW's numbers, you know, uh, I see you looking for something while I'm the trying. The shit that he does, I mean, he, with the hands in the pants, I mean, that is great stuff. Yeah, great just, stuff. Just yeah. Hey, Alice, I'm, I, I'm feeling bad. I, I got I got to add a disclaimer to this show because I feel bad now. Well, that really wasn't Jeff's girlfriend. I just want you to know. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I put in blow up doll image 
and uh, pulled it up and said that w- that's not really Jessica. I just want I just want to clarify. A, a lot of people would have been fooled if you did not clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify that. People would have swerved on that one. I'll tell you. No, Al, you <laughs> you are so. I knew it. I knew it. That's exactly. Bro, it. let me tell you. You are so you are so correct because I got to tell you, man. I worked I worked with Eric Bischoff at TNA and I worked with Eric Bischoff at a WCW. And bro, listen, and, and I'm talking about Eric back then. I think obviously we all change once we're out yeah. of the business oh, and wow. we're older. But you know, bro, he he. he I, I'm sorry, bro. He was probably the the biggest asshole I ever worked with. However. He was feared, bro, and that's what he wanted. He wanted talent to fear him. And, and, and But Eric had that, though, bro. Talent was afraid of Eric Bischoff. Right. But, it, and, but fear doesn't, you know, in the long run, doesn't work consistently. Like It doesn't, people, but it's better than being a welcome mat. Listen, people were, people were feared Vince, but didn't really... It, but people more respected Vince, talent more respected Vince than they feared him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and, and big, that's a big difference. And I think that also it plays into a factor as to why ultimately when you had that war between the two companies, you know, Vince's company won out because the talent, you know, yeah, there's always a little bit of fear of the boss, you know, but they more they more respected Vince yeah. and felt like it. You know, Vince was more a part of of wrestling than Eric Bischoff. And I think the talent in WCW just feared Eric Bischoff. Yeah. I love Eric. I think he's I think he's brilliant. And yeah. you know, and and like you said, everyone changes. And you know, but I think that was a major flaw. And so I'm not encouraging Tony Khan to be feared. You know, by any means. I but I definitely think that he made a huge misstep at the beginning of the company when there were, you know, reports of him, you know, after every TV taping, having late night parties with the talent and, you know, buddying up with them and, you know, hanging out with them. And when these talent come in and he hugs them in public and, you know, all of that, it it shows a, a lack of respect for him. As as a leader, oh, somebody yeah. getting beat is somebody getting beat up in another room over there. What the hell's going on oh, there, Al? Well, you know, I am at the uh, only accredited trade school for entertainment uh, <laughs> and broadcasting, and we're we're having um, actually we're uh, I could talk about this. Um, uh, is that weed whacking class going on in your garage? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's uh, it's setting uh, genitals on fire day, uh, <laughs> and that's what we're hearing in the background. Sure. I mean, they're selling it. You know what I mean? They got to go. Oh my god! Uh, no, uh, uh, we have a movie production. Uh, it's uh, uh, yeah, here we here <laughs> we go, Jeff. Here, Al Snow, movie star. Go ahead, Al. Here we go. See, see, Jeff. Like I start to have a conversation, and here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I'm a movie star. We get to that somehow before the show's over. Go ahead, Al. You got production going on at the house. I have not production. What I the the actresses and the stunt people are here uh, choreographing. The wrestling scenes, they're doing the story of Mildred Burke um, and uh, doing her life story. 
and that, and it's called Queen of the Rings. So they're going to be filming it, you know, around here around Louisville in July. See, see, Jeff, Al, Al makes money off of everybody. You see, bro, he's, he gets. Yeah. You can see what he's doing, bro. Look at him. Look at him, Mildred Burke. Look at my clothes. I mean, Come on, clearly man. I'm making money. Unbel- unbelievable. Look at Al. Look at Al doing the Mild- in the middle of the Mildred Burke story. Yeah, and here I am doing your podcast, getting interrupted by you when I'm out. I should be out there. <laughs> All right, listen, I'll let you go to Mildred. What, what's going on in the world about? We already know about well, Mildred now, the big Mildred Burke show. Another huge movie project, you know. And I got to tell you, uh, when uh, whenever they uh, they you know premiere this film, whether it be on streaming or uh, in the movie theaters, I certainly hope there's not an episode of Vanderpump Rules running. <laughs> That's going to hurt it, you know. <laughs> I thought you were going to hope they didn't set Mildred Burke, uh, her undercarriage on fire. I mean, that would be a whole, the whole thing. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, right, go ahead, Al. you got to get, you got to get to the movie people. Go ahead, Al. Give, I, give, I, go I ahead. gotta get there and show them how to do proper rope work. And <laughs> work. You know, and, and how the business has evolved. It's changed. You know, it's, you know, it's, I'm going to show them a lot of old school shit because the business has passed me by and I don't really know what I'm talking about anymore. Bro, so that's your, that's your OVW office. Yes. Oh, I thought that was your home. I thought like that was your home office, bro. You're an OVW. That's your OVW office. Yeah, we had this conversation. No, we <laughs> did not. Jeff, did we ever have this conversation? I remember. Yeah, when, yeah, I remembered, but and I, I don't know when it was. I, and, uh, I don't either, but I remember I was like, I had to do it down here at the arena. And you I were like, oh, I do it. You hope you hope Yeah, that might have even been last week. Yeah. I don't remember. All right, Al, tell me what's going on with the only accredited school, OVW on a billion stations. Mildred Burke is in the house. Mildred tell me what's Burke. going on. Uh, you know, well, we were thinking that Gal Gadot is going to swing by later today. So <laughs> you got a crush on me, you know what I mean? So, what's going on in Al Snow's world? Like I am. I mean, <laughs> what's going on in Al Snow's world? If you're money, Vince, I would burn mine. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, well, uh, ovwrestling.com. If you have more interest in OVW, you can go to ovwrestling.com. Uh, we're live every Thursday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Fight TV, also on WBNA regionally. Um, we're in Lexington, Harlan, uh, you know, uh, Bowling Green. I know those sound like huge metropolises. And Harlan, Kentucky, surprisingly, is literally the epicenter of arts and entertainment for the Southeast. You know, it's shocking, I know. Uh, yeah, they, there's a lot going on over there in the Appalachian Mountains. So, uh, and it, I don't think it's an accident that incest, if you rearrange the words, spells nicest. So, very, uh, nice. very nice. Why go over the mountains when you can go across the hallway? Uh, anyways, uh, you or across the nation uh, on fight around the world, and then across the nation on YTA, the Action Channel, Next Level Sports, the RCN Network. Uh, in about 100 million homes, uh, we're into Canada on Game Plus. Uh, we're down into Puerto Rico, Guam, the Virgin Islands, and the Bahamas. So there's just about, you can see us just about anywhere that you want to go. Uh, if you're interested in learning to be a wrestler, where do you think that? Uh, <laughs> and you really want to have the best, op, you know, a uh, chance to exploit any and all opportunities that might come your way to create a career. Uh, you can go to ovwacademy.com, um, and that is for the only accredited as, by the State Office of Proprietary Education as a trade school for 
professional wrestling, sports entertainment, and broadcasting in the world. Um, you, uh, let's see, uh, my comic book, uh, we're uh, just about to release the Tommy Dreamer team up and the Scotty Too Hottie dream up, uh, team up as well with the adventures of Al Snow and Ed. Those will be at brokeniconcomics.com. Swing by there and check them out and uh, see when the release date is, uh, is coming. Uh, I just read the script for the ballad of Al Snow and Ed. Um, and it's a, it takes a dark turn and it's more of a horror story. Really, really good. And uh, introduces the Fear Me Head that I only introduced once on TV. And that's what, get rid of that. Don't ever put that back on camera. So, <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to explain what it was, but he didn't care. That was after uh, someone uh, convinced me to allow the brood to blood give me a bloodbath, which was basically dump five gallons of blood from about 200 feet up in the rafters of a arena. And, yeah, it almost killed me as it hit me. So Well, it, 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 it could have been WCW. We could have missed you completely. Yeah. Let's let's let's. I wish you had, man. Just <laughs> imagine jumping 200 feet into water. Now let's have water drop 200 feet on you. Oh, it was like getting hit with a brick. Um, where was I? Uh, you can read my book, uh, my uh, autobiography, which is the self-help uh, life lessons from the bizarre career of uh, professional wrestling of Al Snow. Um, you, uh, the comedy show is... Uh, we're about to have some more dates, so when we get those, I will put that out. Um, and that's, I think. When are you sending up the. Uh, follow me on social media at The Real Al Snow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. Um, when, are you, when are you. When is the uh, Mildred Burke meet and greet uh, down at the uh, uh, arena? Uh, well, we got to first go dig her up, and then um, yeah. next week we'll have. All right, very We'll prop her up against the ball, put a cigarette in her hand, and you know. I'll, I'm going to give you. I know you're a very busy man. Uh, I'm going to give you a five minute homework assignment. Okay. I need you to watch five minutes of Vanderpump Rules and come back. Come back next week and, and, and tell me. Explain to us why it's the same audience as AEW. Deal. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. I'll have to find it. I don't even know where it airs. You'll so. you'll find it. All right. All right. Yeah. The great house, though. Everybody. If it's going to do numbers where it's going to affect AEW, you know, yeah. we don't have the numbers in, but I mean, if it's going to, you know, Fader Bump is something that's going to put the fear of God into Dave Meltzer, I'm going to find it. So Yes. All right. And I'll tell Mildred we said hello, okay? I, I'll let her know. I'll let, I'll let her know in Cora Combs and all the old girls. All right. All right. The great house, though, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like somebody was getting tortured in the back, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Like, that one's got a little dungeon in his house, bro. Yeah, it did sound like it? somebody was, ah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what's going on in your world, man? Check out our Patreon, guys. We got a new episode of Look Ma up with. And, Jeff, I do, and- want, I, I do want to say this when you say Patreon, because, you know, when people sign up, it comes through me. Like, I don't know if you necessarily see it right away. Bro, we're getting a lot of a lot of uh, Patreon signups, and I I want you guys to know when you get an email from me, it's from me. I'm literally it's from me. I don't have a cut and paste that I'm thanking you for joining Patreon. It's literally coming from me. But yeah, Jeff, we we've, we've been getting a lot of Patrons. Maybe it's that show. Yeah, the newest episode. We're looking at Sapping Houseman. 
and Houseman doesn't want to go down the rabbit hole of not going to Mindy's Bakery. I mean, the, the the level that these guys talk about CM Punk and the Scrum, ridiculous. I think we got nine or ten episodes up now. You can check all those out. Of course, we got Disco, EC3, Master Shoot Theater, Just Incredible, Vic Venom, uh, bonus cast rate in the marks, bonus episodes. I'm missing some stuff, but check it out, guys. Patreon.com slash Russo TWC. Yeah, bro. And Patreon.com. My God, bro. It starts at three bucks a month, guys, like literally 75 cents a week, man. And I promise you, you will get your 75 cents every week. Check it out, everybody. Patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC for me and Jeff Lane. We'll see you next week.